okay do click follow button for msme talk on the platform where you are listening to get notification for the next episode release any SME which is into manufacturing they have around 60 to 70% of the costs is associated with purchasing of raw materials we are actually financing their purchases of raw materials on a broad spectrum we are very much prevalent in uh, all the manufacturing based SMEs manufacturing in terms of auto customers or pharma customers printing and packaging industry telecom and to certain extent uh, textile industry paper industry This is episode number 17 of MSME Talk with Pratish Nalla on purchase financing. Welcome back to MSME Talk podcast. MSME Talk podcast is for micro small medium enterprises, startups and entrepreneurs in which we discuss with industry experts and experienced entrepreneurs on specific value addition guidance and solve queries to help build long lasting businesses. Pratishnalla is a business head at Oxygo Financial Services. Prior to that, he has significantly contributed in the laying down the foundation of operations and commerce functions at Off Business as a founding member of it. Pratish is IIT Mumbai graduate. Oxygo Financial Services provides working capital financing for buying raw material for SMEs, mid-corporates as well as new age companies. Oxygo Financial Services turned a unicorn after raising $200 million in a Series A fundraise in March 2022. Oxygo is currently serving 4,000 plus SMEs across India, dispersing 4,000 crore per annum and has 2,500 crore AUM with gross NPA at 1.2%. So let's talk about today's topic, which is purchase financing. Financing requirement to purchase the raw material is one of the critical need for the MSMEs in manufacturing and trading business some of the businesses in which raw material cost is a main part of the overall cost for them it becomes important to have stable financing lines to fund the purchase of raw material any delay in financing for the purchase of raw material creates delay in the entire business process and decreases the earning margins In today's episode we will learn about purchase financing for SMEs and also about Oxygo's purchase financing product for SMEs from Oxygo business at Pratyushnalla. Let me now welcome Pratyush on the show. A very warm welcome Pratyush to MSME Talk podcast. Uh thank you so much uh, Tripti that was really a very warm welcome and uh, it feels great to be on msme talk great great so pratyush let's have a quick sneak preview in your journey and how you're impacting sme sector through oxygo right so um i joined in as one of the founding members of off business uh, way back in uh, 2016 march and uh, at that point of time uh, we were still unclear on what our business model should be and we were trying to explore as to uh where we could actually create a dent or where we could actually create a disruption and uh one of those areas where we identified where we could create a disruption was actually in uh commodity commerce and uh, so we started off with uh, steel as one of the commodities where we wanted to uh, basically facilitate uh, commerce and supply uh, steel as a commodity to a lot of SMEs and eventually we realized uh you know that as we are supplying steel to the SMEs there is a huge requirement for credit in order to you know purchase these raw materials whether it may be steel or any other raw material and after doing a deep dive into uh you know what percentage of uh, costs is associated uh with respect to raw materials suppose say somewhere around 60 to 70% of uh the cost of an SME is associated with raw material so that is when uh, you know we had that uh, eureka moment when we realized you know we should uh, we should actually start off an NBFC2 and you know uh, provide a clubbed service uh, to an SME uh, where uh, they can use this financing line uh, to procure uh, raw material from us and this was actually the disruption point uh, 
uh, you might say, when we uh, entered into the B2B segment. And uh, rest is actually, uh, uh, as it transpired, we grew into different commodities. We increased uh, the number of product offerings within our financing, uh, uh, financial services. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say that, uh, you know, we have uh, even scraped 1% of uh, the possible opportunity which lies in the SME ecosystem currently. But, uh, you know, we have been innovating a different products, different uh, methods in order to get deeper uh, into our association with the SME. Uh, for say example, currently we are in raw material and uh, financing, but we want to uh, provide other services too. We want to be associated with uh, business opportunities with an SME gets. So, you know, that is how as a group we are creating uh, an impact. But uh, yeah, in Oxiso, we are uh, creating an impact by providing them different kind of uh, uh, products, structured products, uh, in order to address their working capital uh, requirements. So Oxiso uh, has been, uh, you know, uh, creating a lot of impact through, you know, offering uh, structured as well as customized uh, financial products uh, to address the working capital need of the SMEs. Uh, as for the impact, uh, you know, we have around 4,000 plus customers uh, today on our platform and we are growing rampantly. Uh, we add nearly somewhere around 100 to 150 customers on a minimum every month. And uh, we want to uh, take that number up to, say, suppose uh, 300 to 350 customers a month uh, going forward. And uh, the AUM currently stands at somewhere around $350 million. We have uh, aspirations to actually... Uh, take it up and triple the AUM size by getting deeper into our association with the SMEs. That's nice. In a short span of time, you have actually achieved big numbers, both the ways, you know, customers and the book size. Amazing performance. Yeah, thank you. So Pratyush, uh, let's move towards the main section of the episode, which is basically on the purchase financing. And we would like to understand more about this uh, from the knowledge perspective. Uh, so let's begin with this. So what are the various types of financing available for SMEs business in India currently? See, to be very broadly put, uh, an SME uh, requires three kinds of financing to be very broadly put from a eagle's eyes perspective. So uh, one is working capital uh, limits to address their purchases, inventories, receivables, expenses, uh, which happened during the operations of that SME. The other kind of financing, which is very much prevalent in the market, is basically project financing. So if they pick up a new project, so there's a lot of CAPEX which goes into it, as well as uh, it's it, it's involved with certain elements of risk with respect to the execution of the project. So that's a different form altogether of financing, where uh, banks as well as NBFCs get together to do uh, sort of project financing and uh, the third kind of financing would be the plain vanilla uh, business loans uh, which is uh, you know out there in the market for SMEs now business loan addresses a very short term gap with respect to the expenses which are being incurred by an SME now these expenses can be either you know operational expenses or they can be towards uh, a short term short term requirement uh, with respect to purchases or with respect to inventory management or with respect to uh, some machinery or capex which they want to uh, take up so basically three types of financing you have mentioned which is primary need of the smes which want capital financing project financing and to uh, the remaining financing gap which is there which is typically called as business loans yes okay. so could you explain a little more to our listeners difference between the working capital purchase, inventory, receivable, etc. financing, or is it all same in the market? Because some some places they call it receivable financing, some places they call factoring, some places they call working capital, some where place inventory financing. Yeah. So see, uh, out of all the kinds of financing which I have uh, mentioned earlier, uh, the biggest chunk is actually is basically working capital financing, where, uh, you know, everyone have their own... Uh, uh, niche everyone have their own strength points in operating us in a certain uh, segment of that working capital uh, financing for say example some people do a lot of channel financing uh, 
which is somewhat uh, you know similar to uh, financing the purchases of uh, the SME uh, when they are actually buying through a, a reputed supplier or a manufacturer. And uh, there is uh, there are a lot of companies which do inventory based financing. For example, say all uh, traders uh, or uh, distributors out there they need uh, financing for managing their inventory, right? So you know banks are uh, very much prevalent in inventory based financing as you said uh, factoring so that is you know receivable based financing some people call it factoring some people call it uh, supply chain financing so all these are different words which are associated uh, to uh, a type of financing but uh, you know within working capital uh, these are the three segments where any sme would require funds for uh, which is uh, you know, uh, purchase, inventory, or receivables. Apart from this, there are, of course, expenses. Uh, so that is uh, also generally uh, addressed by the OD limits or uh, uh, OD limits, which is given out by the bank, uh, which can, you know, address the uh, operational expenses which are being incurred uh, by the SME. Uh, there are a lot of companies which are actually doing receivable financing uh, where it is also linked to sometimes which is very well uh, known in the market called factoring or which is sometimes also referred to as uh, bill discounting uh, where uh, the invoices of a corporate uh, the sale invoices uh, to a corporate can be discounted by a bank or a nbfc and the sme gets money upfront uh, for that so that is where uh, you know, uh, receivable financing comes into picture where a lot of banks and NBFCs are prevalent and they have their own risk policies associated with the anchor who, who, to whom invoice is being generated to. Uh, so that is about receivable financing. Let's take a quick break. MSMEs and startups are looking for various kinds of support and upgrade. Are you a product service provider? expert, advisor, consultant, mentor for MSMEs and startups, do reach out to MSME Talk to list your business. Check the link in the description. Thanks. Uh, so yeah, you have briefly touched upon the entire thing. And in fact, I would like to tell listeners uh, also that we have in the previous episode 15 of the MSME Talk, we have covered about invoice discounting on Threads platform where a lot of, you know, NBFCs and banks come and provide invoice discounting or business discounting to the SMEs and MSMEs. Yeah. Out of above all these things, uh, Oxygen is providing which all products? So we are predominantly into, uh, you know, purchase financing where uh, we are addressing a kind of working capital limit for the SMEs. As well as, uh, you know, we also do uh, drop line OTs or business loans, which are very, very short term in nature uh, to address these smaller gaps in the expenses or whether uh, they have a very uh, urgent requirement uh, with respect to procuring a material uh, which is uh, available at a super cheap rate or you know, which is which has uh, availability issues in the market and it's available at that point of time. So uh, that is where uh, we have uh, positioned ourselves in as well as we are getting deeper into our association with the SMEs where we are also getting down into receivable-based uh, financing where we are uh, doing bill discounting uh, invoices which are being raised by the SMEs to corporates or to anchors where we have comfort on. Okay, great. So now uh, among all your products, so primarily let's uh, focus on the purchase financing. Uh, it is also the topic of the episode today. What is purchase financing? Um, we know the name, by the name we can understand, okay. But uh, for a business, purchases can be of various types, okay. So purchase financing typically which uh, bankers or NBFC gives, what is that? Sure. So uh, see, as I was mentioning earlier, um any uh, sme uh, which is into say manufacturing they have around 60 to 70% of the costs of them is associated with purchasing of raw materials right and these raw materials they add value to it and you know they sell it to the corporate or the anchor right so that is where we want to get in and that is where we have gotten in 
with respect to purchase financing where we are actually financing their purchases of raw materials this does not include say purchases of uh, consumables um, which are required to operate the factory or uh, you know uh, purchases of any other items which are uh, you know supplementary to uh, running the factory uh, we are purchasing those finances which are very much required to run the business of the sme and which can be you know uh, converted into a value adding product uh, which will be you know sold to his anchor or corporate and that is how we actually also uh, uh, ensure that the funds which we are giving those are uh, you know uh, the risk is uh, mitigated to that because we know that you know the funds are being utilized in order to generate business for that sme okay so basically any uh, purchase which is going to get converted into a finished product where value addition is there by the sme that particular part is usually considered under purchase financing yes okay so let's check on the next filter which is who can avail business purchase financing manufacturers traders service providers so you say service providers are out of it because they are not manufacturing anything okay yeah manufacturers are in because they are making only for so they are they can take it for the raw material purchase yeah. now what about the traders so uh, correct so with respect to traders we do not do purchase financing just for a very sim- uh, simple reason is that you know uh, we do not want to get into a segment where we are actually uh, where they are actually keeping inventory in order to uh, do some kind of a speculation based uh, business so that's a risk uh, call which we have taken that we do not want to enter into those segments and it is more than purchase it is more of inventory based financing which happens in trader uh, where you know uh, they require finance to maintain inventory and uh, and to speculate and run their business so that is one area which where we do not uh, do purchase financing yeah. and uh, as service providers you uh, have already said uh, uh, purchase financing doesn't make sense over there but uh, uh, you know uh, with respect to service providers there are a lot of uh, ites companies for example say uh, who provide a lot okay. of uh, uh, it equipments to major giants right so say suppose laptops yeah. or uh, uh, computers to uh, uh, large corporates right so that is where they also require purchase financing to you know purchase uh, that quantum of uh, uh, equipments in order to provide it to their in order to provide to the corporate uh, whom they are serving through so uh, why we are okay doing purchase financing over there is because uh, there is no speculation which is involved in uh, it equipments when they are you know supplying it to the large corporates because they are majorly based on rate contract when you are talking about ites companies in ites companies you are saying someone who is uh, providing it equipment but suppose if any service provider is using those equipment for internal consumption to provide certain kind of services yeah to the corporates will that also follow under purchase financing so see uh, for uh, services uh, where they are internally using those it equipments to provide service to the company that would be more of a capex uh, for them uh, it, it generally doesn't come up uh, come up under you know purchase financing because uh, uh, you know they are requiring those equipments to actually provide a service which and the service is the main part of the business not the equipment uh, equipment is something which will help them to provide the service right in purchase financing it is very simple that whatever they are procuring that is you know uh, main revenue generating item for that business uh, on which they can add value and uh, or uh, they can sell that raw material okay so what are the different avenues available for purchase financing for business currently in india so see uh, one of the uh, oldest purchase financing methods which has been available in india is actually trade credit and that is uh, a sort of a credit which distributors retailers they provide to the sme right uh, so uh, a certain part of purchases uh, you know an sme can address it uh, through the bank limits they have got right but of course an sme does not have the limits uh, you know which are sufficient to uh, actually grow or uh, to ensure that they keep growing year after year and that is where trade credit comes in 
where uh, they want to procure raw materials uh, from distributors as well as retailers uh, which can offer who can offer them on credit right so that is a very uh, unorganized segment currently but uh, and by unorganized i mean that you know it is very regional based where uh, a particular region will have a particular distributor and that distributor will have a relationship with that sme for years and uh, you know on the basis of that uh, they have been uh, providing credit uh, to them uh, this purchase financing is all, also known as trade credit in the distributor retailer market, but uh, it is much more unorganized uh, form of providing credit. It is basically a non-cash credit where credit period is given. So instead of paying the money immediately, they get a period of say uh, 30, 60, whatever days. Correct. Timelines to pay back. Correct. So by the time they realize the money from their clients and then they can yes. pay back to their suppliers. So basically suppliers giving the credit. Suppliers have been given the credit. So by trade credit, I mean, uh, you know, supply credit. Yeah. And what else are the different avenues for purchase financing? So as I was saying earlier, um, you know, a lot of uh, NBFCs actually do channel financing, which is a form of purchase financing where uh, they associate uh, themselves with large manufacturers, say, suppose in steel, like uh, JSW or Tata. Tata does a lot of channel financing uh, in association with Tata Steel. You know, they provide uh, purchase financing for the purchases which are only made through Tata Steel or uh, for purchases which are only made through uh, JSW. Now, there are some benefits. There are some uh, some things which are some limitations uh, with respect to this product. But uh, yeah, this is also one of the forms of purchase financing, uh, which is uh, currently available in the market. So one is uh, seek more credit from your suppliers. Next is go to your NBFCs or banks. Okay. New age, any other thing you're hearing in your market? No, these have been major forms of financing, which have been. So is purchase financing known by some other names also in the market? It's also known as supplier credit. Uh, in the non-NBFC market uh, where the suppliers provide credit on the basis of their relation or on the basis of the year of association uh, with the customer. And it's also known as uh, uh, channel financing to a certain extent when it is linked to a particular manufacturer. Let's take a quick break. Hey, MSME Talk listeners. Hope you have not missed subscribing to our newsletter for the latest news, blogs, podcast updates. Check the link in the description. We don't spam your inbox and hence we do have one of the highest rate of newsletter opening in the industry. Okay, so purchase financing, channel financing and supplier credit. These are the typical uh, names which floats in the market related to this particular facility. Yes. Okay. So, could you just share some more information about the industry in respect of this product? Like, who have been the traditional financiers uh, who are more currently active? So, you have shared the traditional financing uh, part that traders or the suppliers used to give the credit, and that has been the major chunk. Correct. Uh, in current market, who are the current players who are more active? And what is the difference between the current players and the traditional players? Right. So, uh, see, with respect to current players, uh, of course, Oxiso has become very much uh, prevalent right now in purchase financing because we have sorted out those issues with respect to um, supply credit, uh, which uh, the SMEs used to have. So, currently, I would say uh, Oxiso is a very, very active player in uh, purchase financing. And uh, it is not like, uh, say, suppose channel financing where we are associated with one particular manufacturer and we'll finance the purchases from that particular manufacturer. But it's more of a holistic uh, limit where they can, where they are actually free to purchase from any supplier they want. And they are free to uh, purchase even from uh, one of our group uh, companies of business uh, also if they want. And uh, uh, we do not, uh, you know, uh, force them to buy from off business itself so basically uh, it will be a very transparent platform in terms of wherever they get a cheaper cost of raw material uh, we just uh, you know finance uh, that purchase from whichever supplier they want and whichever supplier they uh, think or deem is the correct supplier to go to right 
um with respect to how we are making a difference i think this is one of our major differentiation factors when compared to uh, say suppose people doing channel financing because you are actually restricting that line to uh, procure from a particular set or particular supplier um, even in terms of uh, if i compare it with supplier credit now these suppliers are actually uh, associated with a particular manufacturer with a particular brand right so again when you are taking credit from them you are basically you know limiting that line to a particular brand of raw material which you want and uh, at any given point of time it's not necessary that that brand of raw material will have the cheapest cost right it might be that some other brand has the cheapest cost for which you might have to go to some other supplier and ask him for credit and go through the entire process once again right so that is where the limitations were and that is where we came into a picture where uh, you know we were uh, we were where we were basically providing them a financing limit so that they can actually procure whichever brand of raw material whichever supplier they want to procure it from and uh, at the cheapest rate possible at that point of time because you know prices are very dynamic uh, in the market so that is where we actually uh, Uh, solved a major chunk of the problem uh, of all the SMEs. So basically, you are uh, democratizing purchase financing product. Exactly. Vis-a-vis the traditional ones. Okay. Yes. Who are your competitors in this field? So I would say currently our competitors uh, would be you know those suppliers who are providing credit. Uh, to be very frankly put, but those are not NBFCs. But uh, you know uh, there is a huge chunk of market which is also served by them. so i would say the competitors would be definitely the suppliers who are providing uh, credit to smes currently i do not see uh, channel financiers as uh, our competitors right now because of the limitations they have other nbfcs and banks are your competitors i wouldn't say that uh, so uh, for example say no. uh, we'll discuss this going forward about you know the interest rates which yeah. we operate at and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and all those uh, nitigities so we generally operate mm-hmm. at an interest rate of somewhere around 15 to 18% and that actually shows up in our financials also that you know we have a pre tax roa of 6% and higher right and uh, if you compare it with any bank a bank operates at 6 to 8% and other nbfcs bigger nbfcs like tata capital or say cholamandalam who are into channel financing they operate at somewhere around 10 to 12% right but still we are very mm-hmm. much prevalent in the market even though we are operating at 15 to 18% because we are solving a major chunk of problem for the smes uh, yeah. with respect to ensuring that they get the cheapest cost for the raw material which they are procuring using our line at any given point of time that is prior to your existence your client were taking financing from where which are the names in the market who are prominent in this major chunk used to be all supplier credit before this okay so you are saying uh, no nbfc is uh, was providing uh, not really so uh, not really before we entered uh, i don't think uh, there were uh, a lot of nbfcs i think tata capital was doing a little bit of uh, channel financing at that point of time tata capital channel financing actually became very much prevalent in 2016 17 that time uh, when they actually started uh, financing uh, initially all their distributors and then uh, to all the customers who were actually procuring from tata steel and cholamandalam actually recently got into channel financing where uh, they are associating with a particular manufacturer and so uh, before our existence i would say this was majorly supply credit and that is why it was very very unorganized at that point of time that was a space which where we came and organized it and you know made a disruption banks banks definitely provide but banks are not in competition because the primary capital which comes in uh, to any sme those are provided that is actually provided by a bank right but all these smes are currently i would say they are underbanked what do i mean by underbanked is that the limits which they have uh, with these banks it's not enough to actually sustain their revenues or to sustain their growth going forward that is one and secondly uh, if you actually go for an enhancement to a bank it generally takes a lot of time to actually enhance your limits and secondly it depends upon 
the kind of collateral, the quantum of collateral which you are actually putting in, putting in the bank. So uh, I wouldn't say, you know, our competition is with banks at all. Uh, banks are a source of primary source of capital uh, for an SME but never has been uh, you know enough to actually sustain the growth of the SME or sustain the revenues of the SME and that is where a major chunk of supplier credit came in and you know I would say our competitors as well as our main, uh, our main uh, competitors would be you know the suppliers who are providing raw materials on credit to the and those suppliers are taking financing uh, from their banks and NBFCs at cheaper cost. Yes. And they're keeping some margins and yes. then they're passing on. Yes. And also the credit play because lenders don't want to take the call on the SMEs. They would rather take a call on the supplier. So based on that, they prefer to give the money to the supplier because they are into day in, day out with the SMEs. So they can control the Correct. finances. So... Okay. Oxygen is also providing purchase financing. So you guys are lending purchase financing since how many years? And uh, so far, how many clients cumulatively you have funded? Yeah, basically we have been providing purchase financing right from the inception of Oxygen. I would say for the last five years. And uh, since then, uh, we have uh, onboarded close to uh, 4,000 customers. Okay. And what is the ticket size you offer for purchase financing and on what basis limit is assigned to the client? So uh, the ticket size generally varies uh, from, say, suppose 50 lakhs to up to uh, 5 crores also. But on an average, I would say uh, if a collateral is involved while we are providing a purchase financing limit, it would be somewhere in the range of 1.5 to 2 crores on an average. And if there is no collateral completely unsecured, it would be in the range of 50 to 75 lakhs per customer. That would be the average uh, ticket size. So the limit is actually uh, determined on a number of factors, but uh, basically we uh, have a risk policy associated with it and we adhere to the risk policy. On an average, you can say that uh, it would be somewhere around uh, 1% of the turnover of the company on an average level. Okay, got it. And what is the tenure of the facility you offer? So the tenure is uh, for one year uh, and after one year it is renewed. We look into the financials of the company once again to see whether, you know, we want to enhance, reduce and or continue with them. So basically someone borrows the money and doesn't repays you till one year, that's okay with you? Not really. So uh, basically... There are two things. One is tenure of the limit and one is the structure of the limit. So the tenure of the limit, what I mean is how long the limit is active before we actually go into a reassessment once again. The structure of the limit is basically they have to keep rotating that limit with us every 90 to 120 days. Depends from customer to customer once again. Secure financing. What kind of cover you are seeking from the clients? On an average, it would be somewhere around 1.5x. So uh, generally, uh, we take collaterals in the term of uh, a bank instrument or say suppose a property or say suppose uh, current assets. So we create a charge on the current assets uh, to a certain coverage. We create a mix and match around these collaterals and uh, accordingly we provide a limit uh, uh, to the customer. Okay. If you're doing unsecured, uh, then how are you able to give purchase financing without any security collateral and you are giving 50 lakh to 75 lakh? What are the basis you have decided on that? Uh, the biggest, I would say, uh, um, we mitigate the risk to a certain extent. And as I was explaining earlier also, we have a control on where they are actually utilizing the funds. But uh, over here, we know that wherever we are providing the funds, it is actually going into the business and the customer has no option to actually add value to that uh, uh, commodity and, you know, generate revenues from it. We are not actually financing the SME in non-value adding segments of his business. And that is one of the major risk mitigation factors which we have uh, while we are providing uh, unsecured uh, purchase financing. Okay. Now, businesses from which industries or sectors can take financing from Oxygen? So, see, uh, on a broad spectrum, 
we actually are very much prevalent in uh, all the manufacturing based SMEs. Manufacturing in terms of auto customers or pharma customers, printing and packaging uh, industry, telecom industry, to certain extent uh, textile industry, uh, paper industry. So all these uh, areas where uh, manufacturing takes place, we are very much prevalent over there. With respect to uh, securitized purchase financing we are very much prevalent in uh, infra uh, uh, segment and in infra can involve uh, any and all kind of infra companies say for example companies which are related to irrigation projects or hvac projects or you know civil uh, or building projects which are related to psus or governments uh, central government projects so we are very much prevalent over there too so these are the two major segments where we do purchase financing. There, Of course, there are other segments also which we address, but uh, with different products over there. Okay. Is there any industrial sector which is completely no-no, kind of a negative list for you? Yes, uh, there are a lot of uh, industries where we do not want to uh, actually get into. And uh, okay. we look at it on a case-to-case basis, but in general, it's a no-no. So, uh, for example, say real estate is one of those segments which we do not want to enter into. For example, uh, we were discussing about uh, speculative uh, trading. So, those traders who are involved in um, speculative trading of commodities, we do not want to uh, enter into that. We do not want to get into, say, hospital. We do not want to finance hospitals. We do not want to finance uh, trusts or societies or schools. These are the list broad list of uh, segments which are negative segments for us of course there are a lot of segments where we want to uh, you know move with caution so for example the segments which are related to food industry so we want to move ahead with caution in that it's not that it's a negative segment but we want to exercise a lot of caution before providing any any sort of financing to okay say for example if in the food sector if we talk about egg food agri kind of a sector if there's a SME which is procuring and keeping as an inventory, speculating over the price and uh, then selling it, so exporting or in domestic, that will not be your preference. No. Vis-a-vis yeah, in an SME which is procuring it and convert, say they're procuring the wheat and they're selling the atta in the market, that would be okay for you. That would be okay with extreme amount of caution. So uh, basically, we will, okay. uh, you know, take some kind of a collateral from them. And, uh, you know, with a lot of caution, we will go ahead and uh, provide any sort of financing to them. Any reason for that? Because they are converting the raw material into the finished product and selling in the market. Yes, uh, value adding, but uh, it has a lot to do with uh, perishable product, non-perishable product. So food is generally a product which is uh, perishable in nature. So there is a huge risk uh, which is associated with that. So that is why we want to exercise a lot of caution while uh, proceeding with any kind of financing for the sale. Okay, got it. And typically, which are geographical locations Oxygen is covering? So see, uh, we have more of a cluster-based uh, approach uh, because um, this is very different from, you know, B2C kind of financing, which is uh, based upon branch-led approach or, uh, say, suppose, tech-led approach uh, to a certain extent. But uh, we have uh, around 15 clusters across India because most of the SMEs, they will be based across a particular cluster. So, for example, say, uh, uh, if you go to Bangalore, there will be a particular industrial area in Pinya where there will be a lot of SMEs who will be, you know, doing uh, manufacturing uh, for auto companies or heavy machinery companies or something like that. So, it's always a cluster-based approach which we follow. And... Uh, According to the cluster, we, you know, we set up offices over there and we are okay to finance within a radius of, say, suppose 100 to 150 kilometers around that office which we are having. So that actually also ensures that, you know, uh, we have, uh, you know, a good amount of control uh, over the uh, financing which we are uh, providing and that uh, in turn also uh, shows uh, in our uh, GNPA numbers as well as the quality and so these clusters uh, would typically be spread across how many states at present so uh, we are uh, prevalent 
across almost all the states uh, pan india uh, apart from a few uh, for say example we are not prevalent in jammu and kashmir we are not uh, prevalent in bihar to that extent uh, and we are not uh, prevalent in uh, say uh, some northeastern states like manipur tripura um, and uh, nagaland uh, those states we are not uh, prevalent right now over there but apart from this uh, we are you know having clusters in almost all the locations pan india okay so purchase financing is a standard product or a customized product from your bouquet of products so see uh, as i said uh, it is actually customized uh, uh, because uh, you know uh, because of the structure of purchase financing which we provide we do not actually limit it to a particular manufacturer or particular brand or commodity which they have to procure it is actually widespread across the commodities so that is the number one uh, kind of a uh, customization which we provide but apart from that uh, we also club it with uh, say suppose uh, a drop line od or a bl uh, sometimes uh, where uh, they can uh, avail an extra limit or a particular set of limit which will address other parts of the other parts of their business requirement at that point of time and another customization which we have is with respect to collateral that is one area where we uh, do a lot of customization and uh, the ty- kind of collateral we take how much exposure we take on a collateral how much will be secured how much will be unsecured in that so that is the next level of uh, customization which we generally okay so when usually they are standard products the turnaround time is less and when we are into customization of any product uh the turnaround time increases so in uh, oxygen's case what is it at you know if for a client who is approaching you for uh, purchase financing and you are working upon on a customized vis-a-vis standard product so i would say uh the uh, number one area where uh, you know uh, there would be there could be an increase in tat is basically when there is collateral involved because uh, otherwise uh, it's just a structuring of a product which you are changing and that actually does not increase uh tat to that extent so if i would say without collateral uh we give out loans end to end like right from the first contact to the sme to uh you know disbursement of the loan uh, or disbursement of the financing it would be somewhere around 5 to 6 days in case of uh no collateral involved and in case of collateral involved it would be i guess uh, 15 to 20 days somewhere in okay so you are able to do all your due diligence for the sme in case of unsecured lending in due diligence plus your disbursement process and etc everything in 5 yes. to 6 days and uh, in case where yeah in case of security creation is there it will go around 15 days yes 15 to 20 days because it will involve the due diligence of the security and then the security creation correct So, in case if it is uh, any mortgage of the real estate properties, yeah, that also you are able to do in fifteen days. Yes. Okay. So that is one of our strength points. Also, I would say that uh, speed of execution which we have, uh, right from the touch point to an SME, to ensuring that everything goes through seamlessly and you know uh, the disbursement happens. Those uh, TAT levels are uh, somewhere where we are very very strong at. how the process moves right could you just tell in uh, steps wise client or your relationship manager approaches the client or the client approaches you you through your website or through physical meeting and then how does it start till the disposal yeah so uh, basically most of our lead generation uh, happens uh, from a platform called bid assist uh, which uh, most of our customers use in order to uh, get more business for them right but uh, that is one of our major lead generation areas now once the lead is generated you know we offer a plethora of uh, products and uh, to be specific about oxiso we uh, provide them you know you know avenue where they can actually upload their uh, financials and uh, you know we can offer them a purchase financing limit per se from uh, lead generation to you know uploading of the documents then uh, you know there is uh, an uh, we convert that uh, financials into you know 16 to 18 uh, parameters on the basis of which uh, we decide the financial health of the company basically the ability to pay of uh, that company on the basis of that basically we 
have a small uh, personal discussion uh, with the company where we go to the SME and we check uh, whether whatever is being portrayed in the financials, whether that actually translates into reality or not. And uh, we also assess the willingness to pay. That is the second aspect, uh, which uh, is very much important when you are lending. So, uh, so after a brief personal discussion, uh, you know, if uh, we have clarified all our questions, all our doubts with respect to the financials of the company, we go ahead with sanctioning the limit. Otherwise, there is uh, generally a post uh, personal discussion documents, which we ask, which are a set of two to three documents, which we ask so that we get more clarity on uh, business of the SME and uh, post uh, sanction basically we have uh, the signing of the agreement where they sign the agreement and immediately we you know disperse of the funds to their suppliers in order to finance their so your sanctioning process is all internal tech based or uh, human interventions are there see with respect to you know documents coming in uh, translating those documents into readable numbers and parameters which we have laid down 16 to 18 parameters which are laid down that entire part is tech so it is completely tech driven over there uh, where the physical intervention comes in is basically you know uh, when uh, we actually go to the SME and do a personal discussion with them in order to ascertain uh, you know the willingness to pay as well as whatever is uh, being portrayed in the uh, financials they are actually there in reality or not so that is where the physical intervention comes in and of course uh, there is a bit of sales intervention also over there where they try to develop a relation with the sme in order to explain them even further as to uh, why the product is beneficial from them uh, of course uh, there might be certain questions or doubts with respect to the product uh, which is being offered by Purchase Finance. So that is where the sales uh, intervention also lies in. Okay, so basically physical interaction with the client is not completely off. You do have a dependence on the physical interaction, the meetings, visits, execution yeah. or the recovery yeah. part with the clients. Yes, and uh, we would like to keep it like that because that is where... Uh, you will actually have a control over the customer because the kind of financing which we are doing, which are, which is generally a high ticket size transaction for unsecured uh, purchase financing. So uh, we want to have a physical interaction with the SME where we understand the SME even better and ensure that the quality of the book is uh, maintained uh, well enough. So as of now, how big would be your client-facing team? So our client-facing team uh, across uh, Pan-India would be somewhere around 95 to 100. Uh, okay. So while they are meeting the clients, if so, or your lead generation is happening tag-based, right? So what is the first level filter to select the client to take it ahead for credit appraisal process? So uh, see, the first level filter is... Uh, basically very three simple factors we look into the turnover of the company so as per the industry we have uh, specified a few uh, limitations with respect to below below certain turnover we do not want to go for example say uh, for manufacturing industry we do not want to lend currently with uh, uh, less than 20 crores of turnover uh, SME, right so uh, that is the first level of filter which we have uh, which is uh, the revenue of the sme the second level of filter which we have is the nature of business so for example say it is into uh, manufacturing segment of course we are going to do it but uh, if it is in trading segment we do not want to you know uh, get into or if it is in uh, say suppose any service providing segment of course there there uh, there we want to you know get in and uh, do some kind of financing over there so that is the second level of filter and the third level of filter is basically the sector which they are into. So, for example, say uh, if they are not in a negative industry for say uh, in real estate or in a kind of trust or society or school or some hospital kind of business. Say suppose any uh, any trading business, some lottery agencies, for example. So we do not want yeah. to you know get into that yeah. and. Uh, that is the third level of filter which we have. So these are the basic three level of first filters which we have before which, uh, you know, we start the credit appraisal. Okay. And uh, so what about the underwriting uh, principles which are followed after this? Okay. So see, uh, we have, uh, I think, uh, 
I think I, according to me, we have one of the uh, best in class uh, risk policies, uh, which is out there and which actually shows up in our GNP. Of course, our GNP is at 1.2, but our net NPA is even lesser. So it's somewhere around 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7. So uh, that actually shows up that, you know, our uh, risk policy is uh, best in class as of today, according to me. But uh, what do we look into when uh, we are underwriting an SME? So uh, basically, we have uh, determined parameters around uh, various various aspects of business of the SME. For say, example, how much is the DSER coming out to? How much is uh, the working capital cycle coming out to? Whether the SME has a positive net worth or a negative net worth? Or say, what is the banking turnover coming out to be? So there are a number of factors which we check with respect to financial uh, with respect to the financials of the SME, there are a lot of uh, things we check with respect to say uh, whether there is any uh, political connect of uh, the promoter with uh, any of the political parties. And yeah, so that is where uh, we want to, you know, uh, proceed with a lot of caution and generally stay away. If there are any litigation cases which are going on, NCLT cases which are going on on the so that is another level of uh, filtering which happens while we are. Uh, uh, doing the underwriting of the SME and uh, the most essential I would say uh, is a kind of a uh, apart from this after we sanction the limit also or before sanctioning the limit also sometimes we have a 360 degree feedback now what do I mean by this 360 degree feedback is that you know although the uh, financials of the SME might say one thing but the relationship which they have had with uh, say suppose their suppliers that might be completely different you never know Right. So that is where we actually go uh, to the suppliers and take a feedback of that SME where we ask them as to what is the quantum of business they have been doing with the SME for what vintage they have been associated with the SME and what is the general payment cycle which they are associated uh, which they are associated with. And uh, how have they how have they been the payments of this SME with that particular supplier. So that is one level of, uh, you know, feedback real feedback which we collect uh, and on the basis of that uh, we make a decision but post that also post sanctioning also and post disbursement also we have a very and that is where again tech comes into picture where we have a very dynamic uh, credit monitoring process where uh, uh, we monitor as to how many times is the customer rotating with us whether he is going into overdue at any point of time, at what point of time is he going overdue? What kind of suppliers is he making payments to? And uh, with respect to any uh, issues which happens during that tenure, you will actually get to know through this credit monitoring process. You can actually get to know when exactly the SME is a bit stressed and when it is, you know, having having a smooth ride, basically. So uh, that is a complete end-to-end connect. Uh, which we have for the entire tenure of uh, the SME, where we monitor financial health of the SME over the entire tenure through some way or the other. Okay. So post-disbursement, how you manage tracking of their uh, cash flows or the bank statements? Is it through TAC or is it manual? Okay. With respect to uh, getting their bank statements, we do not do that uh, until the renewal comes in or until you know we feel that we should enhance the limit of the SME. But what we ask the SME to do is whatever supplier payments they make, uh, they can make it through us, right? So indirectly, we are capturing a large part of their cash flow. So that is where that is where you do not actually uh, need banking from the customer, but it is a, a, a virtual mimic of what is happening in their bank statement where, you know, almost any payment which they are making to the supplier, they are actually making it to us and, you know, rotating the limit accordingly. So that is how we get to have a very good understanding as to how the SME is operating at a particular point of time. And we get to exactly know as to when the SME is getting into stress. If there is any change in behavior, we'll get to know eventually that, you know, this is a change in behavior which is coming up and, you know, this is where we need to uh, exercise caution. Are you using technology post-disbursement to do some kind of monitoring? This entire process is tech-based. Post-disbursement monitoring of client is entirely tech-based. 
you're not dependent on client to provide any data no not at that point of time unless uh, you know we enhance the limit or we are actually renewing the limit and what is the typical rate of interest uh, range uh, at which you are lending or is there any benchmark you have linked yourself to so we generally lend in between uh, 15 to 18% per annum and uh, there is no particular benchmark we are uh, fixated upon but if to be very frank we want to be you know cheaper than the supplier credit which is out there in the market and generally supplier credit uh, out there in the market is somewhere in of uh, 24 to 30% right so that is where we want to be cheaper at at all costs but uh, there is no particular uh, mclr or or anything which we are keeping as a benchmark so rate of interest yeah. is uh, fixed uh, or floating uh... so uh, rate of interest is fixed and uh, we do not benchmark it to any other index out there say suppose mclr or anything we are not benchmarking it to any index and uh, we operate at uh, generally in between 15 to 18% per annum. Okay. What are the other products which are provided by Oxygo apart from purchase financing? So apart from purchase financing, uh, we do uh, uh, drop line OD based products and that is for uh, a lot of service providers which we work with and uh, that is where uh, they need uh, an OD kind of a product uh, which can take care of their uh, immediate uh, requirements with respect to certain expenses which they have. Uh, for providing the service uh, to the corporate and uh, we also do uh, business loans uh, but they are generally clubbed with purchase financing so that is one other product uh, which we do and uh, we also do a lot of uh, receivable based financing uh, where uh, we are factoring uh, invoices of uh, uh, good anchors good corporates where they are supplying to good anchors or good corporates uh, we also sometimes do capex uh, financing where uh, we have comfort in uh, with respect to uh, uh, you know financing certain machinery which they have uh, but that is very very limited we uh, that portfolio is very very limited we do not want to you know go very aggressive on uh, capex uh, financing uh, apart from this we also finance for a lot of uh, new age companies emerging corporates where uh, we structure it for uh, their uh, working capital requirement or uh, say suppose a bit of capex uh, requirements okay could you just give few examples for drop down window and emerging corporate or uh, new age so see uh, for drop line od so for example which are uh, the companies which are it service providers so that is one segment where we are very much prevalent in in terms of drop line od benefit of this product is very much similar to a, a business loan but it gives the flexibility to the customer that whenever they have funds with them they can pay it off and close the loan and use the loan once again whenever they require it right so there is no foreclosure charge or anything which is associated with it so that becomes very much beneficial for uh, service providers so that is uh, where drop line od is very much prevalent with respect to new age uh, or uh, emerging corporates so we do a lot of uh, uh, you know structured products with them where we uh, take charge of uh, current assets and uh, we provide them a working capital limit for you know financing their purchases or uh, you know uh, provide them uh, financing for capex in order to uh, so that they can grow but uh, these are for uh, high growth companies so where, what i mean by new age is basically high growth companies or emerging corporates which are having which, which are having a very high rate of growth okay got it so next one year where are you focusing as a business head which product is the main push so uh going forward we actually we want to get deeper into our association with the smes as i was saying earlier we haven't even scraped one uh, percent of the market uh, currently so we want to get deeper into uh, the markets uh, available to us and uh, while we are doing that we want to uh of course grow fast but uh, we want to grow responsibly and what i mean responsibly is that we want to maintain uh, top notch uh, quality of the uh, book we are building with respect to you know the aum our aspiration is to uh, triple the aum uh, this year of whatever the aum is currently we want to triple it by next year but while doing that we want to 
bring down the GNPS less than 1%. More importantly, we want to ensure that uh, we are maintaining our uh, pre-tax ROA of uh, 6%. Okay, very interesting episode today, Pritush, on purchase financing. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners would get some clarity from this and also a one more avenue to go to your platform. So now we are yeah. going to move towards the last section of the episode where we will seek some guidance from you for our listeners. Could you just share some two, three guiding principles? Any entrepreneur should do in order to uh, make a successful business. I would say uh, number one is to build a great team because that team is going to, you know, take it forward and uh, that team is going to make a company sizable scalable as well as uh, uh, a unicorn or a decacorn or a pentacorn eventually right so uh, make an amazing team and uh, ensuring that you know an amazing culture is uh, being created in uh, your company so for example with respect to oxizo um, we have an amazing team um, and uh, with respect to the culture which we have we each uh, we we all are family members so we all consider you know each colleague of oxizo as our extended family member so that is the kind of culture which we have built and uh, which drives each and every one to the uh, final motives which we want to uh, reach to right so team and culture play a very very important role and if if that is that is done currently that is uh, correctly you know it would be one of the greatest and most contributing factors uh, to the success of uh, a startup uh, apart from that um, you know um, the second long term thing which anyone uh, should be focusing on is building a profitable business uh, it may not be profitable from day 1 but it should make sense on unit economic level the uh, unit economics should make sense uh, it should not be you know loss making at uh, unit economic level if it is loss making at that level uh, you know you are getting into the wrong kind of business and you should you know pull back and you know reassess what kind of idea or what kind of business you should get into and uh, you know eventually go forward uh, again uh, you know giving an example of uh, oxizo so uh, we have we have been profitable from day one uh, with respect to oxizo but as a group uh, uh, you know we ensured that uh, we never did uh, we never uh, tried to do or we never did any transaction which was at loss we never did that so whenever we saw that you know we are going to have loss in this transaction we just you know we didn't want to do that we didn't want that customer at that point of time or we didn't want to you know make it a norm going forward so that is one principle which uh, any entrepreneur should abide by that uh, uh, you should be profitable on unit economic level and eventually you know try to build a profitable business and uh, thirdly uh, it might be very easy to say that you know build build a profitable business but uh, you know once you find out uh, that uh, idea which is actually you know ensuring that you are building a profitable business the next hurdle which you face is basically with the scalability of the business so uh, ensure that you are getting into a market where the tam is huge it should not be uh, a small tam kind of a market if it is a small tam kind of a market ensure that you know your margins are such that you know they can compensate for the uh, smaller total addressable market but uh, uh ensure that you are getting into a market which is huge where you can scale up the business great yeah so those are the foundation steps say for you know making successful business i would say uh, these things uh, which i feel are very very important which any entrepreneur should do is that uh, always listen to your customers because they are your number one feedback point and uh, once you listen to your customers that is when you will be able to figure out as to what product will actually work and what product you can actually build for your customers so that communication is very important uh, with your customer and ensuring that you are taking the uh, feedback from your customers in order to build the right product for your customers so i would say that would be one uh, short term tip which should be kept forever 
you know listening to your customers uh, second i would say uh, you know uh, price the product right or whatever product is being built price it right and sell it right so it's very simple to you know price very low so that it sells easily and it's very easy to price it very high so that it doesn't sell at all so it's very uh, important that you price it right and you sell it right and you have to strike the right balance between them so that uh, you know your business uh, makes a lot of value as well as a lot of profits or income going forward and the third thing i would say is uh, this is a short term trip uh, tip but uh, you know eventually even though you become a unicorn or a decacorn or a very big company uh, it is always important to strafe google uh, each and every cost uh, which is coming to your business it actually uh, pulls down your profits so it's important that you stay frugal to this date uh, each and every one of us in uh, of business as well as oxiso uh, we have ensured that even if there is a minute chance of uh, saving cost we will save the cost over there so it's very important that you stay frugal um, in order to uh, become you know something very profitable and something very big those steps if it could be followed over a period of time they would you know make much more sense okay great So thanks a lot Pratyush for coming on MSME Talk podcast and sharing uh, you know an overview of purchase financing for our listeners and also going deeper in how Oxygo is building up purchase financing for the SME sector and bringing an impact through the mix of technology and the physical relationship because that is something uh, i think this one of the differentiation because nowadays what's happening is with lot of uh, tech coming in uh, and fintech everywhere we have fintechs working physical and relationship aspect is reducing correct we are yeah even even someone wants to talk uh, to a customer care nowadays most of the places bots are there so even if that to that level you know there is coming a gap between the human beings but between right. your clients and the organization while uh, you are building which is where you are using the best of both the world tech and the real world and building upon the business and might be this could be one of the secrets of, of oxygen's unicorn status in a short while period yeah So thanks a lot Pratyush we'll catch up again for some other topic we have a lot of things to discuss with your group Sure thank you so much uh, Tripti it was uh, really amazing and uh, thrilling uh, to be a part of uh, MSME Talk a lot of my friends have uh, heard uh, podcasts from MSME Talk so it was actually uh, a thrilling experience uh, to be on Thank you so much because we are here to spread the knowledge and information to the MSMEs Sure definitely Hey if you like the information shared on the podcast why don't you give some good reviews to us on Apple or Spotify Through this episode I hope you would have got some answers to your queries and guidance for way forward Do share your learnings from the episode your feedbacks and suggestions If you are an entrepreneur and have questions from experts or any particular topic or profile of expert you want to hear or if you are an industry expert with MSME as a target audience do reach out to us our link is given in the description and at last please do subscribe to MSME Talk podcast and don't forget to share the podcast link with your friends family and network take care goodbye Happy to share MSME Talk podcast and the speak ranking chart of 10th country in the Apple Podcast country level entrepreneurship category. If you are an expert or provide product or services to small businesses, MSMEs and startups, reach out to us to discuss showcase opportunity in MSME Talk. Contact details given in description.